A Nose for Hanky Panky. Written by Sharon Love Cook. Narrated by Stephanie Murphy. One. The murder had all the ingredients to create a buzz. Attractive professional woman, wealthy Chestnut Hill family, famous in pharmaceuticals father, and last but not least, sex. The only missing ingredient was a Kennedy. Thus, I didn't begrudge the media for descending on our town like a flock of seagulls at a clam bake. After all, I cover the news too. My job as a reporter for the Granite Cove Gazette takes me many places, most of them not worth visiting twice. I cover events such as the Beautification Society's house tour and the Senior Citizens' Chowder Fest. When we need to fill space, I'll even throw in the latter's bowling scores. We're a weekly with a staff of four. Until the murder, our biggest story was the salmonella poisoning at the mayor's picnic. Imagine how overwhelmed we were covering a murder. Not only that, the victim wasn't some brawler from one of the harborfront bars, but a prominent citizen. With her Ivy League degrees and office at the Chi-Chi Harbor Building, she was the last person you'd expect to end up murdered. I'd been working at the newspaper for three years since quitting my job teaching high school English. Although writing for a small-town paper can be tedious, it beats explaining the difference between simile and metaphor to a bunch of bored teenagers. Today, when folks speak of the enormous rewards that come from working with young people, I think they can have it. And lately, the title journalist is applied to anyone owning a steno notebook. Even Beth, our college intern who writes the obits, calls herself a journalist. I, on the other hand, consider myself a reporter reporting on our citizens. Thus, when Donette Vicari won Miss Northeast Seafood, I not only covered the pageant, I included her beauty tips. For example, a clamshell for exfoliating the skin. In any event, our staff met the challenge of covering the murder. We worked hard getting that issue out. Even Stu, the part-time sports writer, worked around the clock. For the first time in history, we sold every copy of the Granite Cove Gazette. Needless to say, there were no bowling scores that week. As I mentioned, the victim wasn't your average townie. No, she was a paragon who drove the perfect car, a glossy midnight blue BMW convertible. Its doors sported nautical flag decals, meaningful to those who sail. Many times she'd roar past me on Route 128 as I chugged along in my pre-owned Jetta. I'd yell out the window, Up your exhaust pipe! Although my words were blown away by the wind, I felt righteous. Newcomers claim they choose Granite Cove for its proximity to Boston and its cultural offerings, which they ignore unless the Red Sox are in first place. Nonetheless, our town has its attractions, such as a natural harbor and excellent beaches. My favorite, Cape Hedge, is rock-strewn and popular with mothers. Yet, when the temperature hits 90, I don't mind a few bloody toes and soccer moms. Despite its physical beauty, Granite Cove lacks the glamour of other North Shore towns. 
20 years ago and fresh out of college, I blamed the dull, lunkhead citizens and their preoccupation with high school football and the fishing industry. Today, having lived in an upscale suburb of sob-driving professionals, I've come to appreciate lunkheads. Lastly, Granite Cove has its rewards, but you must dig for them like the clams at Schooner Flats. Stick around long enough and you'll find what you're looking for, providing it's not a Starbucks. Outside of posh Hemlock Point, the town is basically no frills. It's not cozy or trendy. It's a place to leave when you are young, and when you're older, a place to raise a family. Those who leave only to get their butts kicked are welcomed back, no questions asked. Granite Cove is all that and more. Yet, there's one thing we never imagined, not in a million years. It's also a place where people get murdered.